Uh, well, today I, I want to begin by talking about some of your f favorite superheroes. We're doing a new series called Hero, and I'll explain what that means. It's not what you think it means, but I'll explain what it means in just a minute. But some, uh, just shout out, what are your, some of your favorite superheroes? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, that's great, yeah. Anyone else? Captain Marvel. I do like Captain Marvel. What? Iron Man, Superman. Iron Man's good, you know. The Flash, no one. Okay. <laughs> Aquaman. Those are good. These are all really good. Uh, I put up uh, a few like very, very popular ones. I have the first one here. Does everyone know who this guy is? Uh, Batman. These are the very iter different iterations of Batman. Whose favorite Batman is the Adam West Batman? Anybody? Okay, yes, that's right. Yep, yep. People of a certain age. Uh, uh, next slide, next slide. And then this is a one good-looking Superman right here. Yeah, he's the guy. And you can't forget about one of the most unlikely heroes. It's really fun and exciting. Uh, Black Panther. We have that's Black Panther. I really man, that movie was so good. I didn't know what was going to happen. Turns out the hero won in the story. And then by far my favorite hero of all heroes, all superheroes, is this person right here. That's Nikki Meekins. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Um, anyway, there you are. I know. I, I should have got a better picture. Are you mad? You're still my hero. <laughs> I think it's a cute picture. I like it. She's in Hawaii in a convertible uh, that we rented. Anyway, you don't have to be a... Uh, I'm going to switch gears now. You don't have to be a... Can we go to the, can we just go to the, thank you so much. <laughs> We're still small enough to be able to do stuff like that. Okay, so you don't uh, have to be a comic book geek to love superheroes. Why not? Because on some level, in some way, we all like superheroes because of what they do, because they accomplish things. I remember when I was young, I wanted to dress up like a superhero uh, for Halloween and even not for Halloween. Um, and why not? They're admired. They're loved. They do things that are courageous in the face of danger. But there's something that we need to know and we need to discuss at the outset of this talk about superheroes. We know that superheroes, the ones we mentioned and the ones you know and love, they didn't start that way. You go back and you watch their origin stories and you see that they didn't become superheroes all on their own. Just think of the superheroes we mentioned. Batman had who? He had Al uh, Robin, yes, but also he had Alfred. Uh, <laughs> Robin didn't help him. He helped Robin. Yeah. Robin, do you have anything going on? No, I was just going to lay this egg. Why don't you come in the car? So you had, you had Batman. He, he had Alfred. Alfred helped him become a hero. Uh, and if you think about uh, Superman, he had Mon Pa Kent, right? They pulled him out of the gutter or wherever he was. Black Panther had Zuri. And of course, Nicole Meekins had me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> None of these heroes that we know or love started out as heroes because there were people that helped them along the way get to where they were. They came alongside of them and they were hero makers. Uh, there's a book, a very important book, written by Joseph Campbell and it's called The Hero's Journey. And what it does is it explains the outline of all stories that we know and love. In every story there is a hero. And behind every hero, there's a pattern to these stories. Uh, there's a hero, behind every hero, there is a hero maker. Just, and he uses this example. Just think of Luke Skywalker. You do not have Luke Skywalker in Star Wars without 
Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's right, Juliana. You need Obi-Wan. Otherwise, otherwise, Luke would have stayed on Tatooine, you know, shooting womp rats or whatever. He was going down to the Tashi station to pick up power converters. And so you need... You need Obi-Wan to release Luke, to invite him, to say what he sees in him. Before there was uh, Rocky became Rocky, you needed who? Who is in the movie? Does anyone know what, Ro- Does anyone know what Rocky is? Uh, you, need, you do not need Russia. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. No, incorrect. Rocky had who? Who was in his corner? Literally. That's right. Thank you to my male contingency. Mickey, you girls need to... Okay, so... And, um, there it is. Thank you. Uh, and before Harry Potter became Harry Potter, he had? Tiger. No. Well, maybe. I don't know. I'm going to go with Dumbledore. Yeah, Dumbledore. Yeah, yeah. In our house, we don't call it Henry, uh, Harry Potter. For some reason, we developed a French accent. And so in our home, we call it Ennui Potier. And everybody knows who we're talking about. <laughs> listen, listen, heroes... Heroes are made, not born. And here's something we need to say at the outset. For every hero, there is a hero maker. For every hero, there is a hero maker. I think that if you and I were to pause long enough to think about our own story, where we come from and the success that we have, every single person in this room, every single one of us, has somebody who spent time with us, who taught us, maybe they coached us, they poured into our lives, somebody along the way who believed in you, maybe even before you believed in yourself. Who was that for you? Who was that? Friend, a coach, a relative, a parent? And so here's the big idea behind this series. Is it good to be a hero? Absolutely. Is it good and brave to do heroic things? Absolutely. But greatness, true greatness, lies in being the hero maker. And that's something that all of us can do. And that's why this is, and part of why this is so compelling for me, is for those of us who follow Jesus, see, when you look at the life of Jesus, you look at the times of Jesus, you look at what he did, Jesus was a hero maker. He did a heroic thing by dying on the cross. He did heroic things in terms of healing people and conducting miracles. He's doing heroic things now among us. But if you look at his life, if you look at his influence over others, Jesus was a hero maker. His vision was to help the disciples to become more than they were. And his vision for us, for you and me, is for us to become more than we are. And so in turn... We model after Jesus. And I want to say to you, this whole idea of being a hero maker, it is is deeply rooted in the life and times of Jesus. And this is something that you can use at your work. If you go to school, you can use it at school. You can use it with your family and with your neighbors. I would encourage you to use this wherever you go. And what you will discover is is this, is that being a hero maker is not only a better way to live, it's also the greatest way that you can leverage your strengths your influence to make the biggest impact in the world. So I want to, we're going to be doing a five-part series, and we're going to be talking a little bit about this today. And the, where we're going it, with it today is how Jesus modeled this for us. And the first thing I want you to see is this. The, the way Jesus did this, the first thing I notice about Jesus as a hero maker is that he had a dream. He had a dream that was bigger than himself. And that's what we know to be true about hero makers. Hero makers 
have a dream that's bigger than themselves. Think about that. Jesus just wasn't about his own happiness. He wasn't about his own contentment. Why? How do we know this? Well, he probably would have stayed in heaven, which is a pretty good gig. You're up in heaven, and heaven is supposed to be good and fun, and he's with his family up in heaven, but he chooses to leave heaven. He left heaven, and he came to earth, and he explained, this is my mission. This is what I'm all about. My mission is in this. And we read it in Matthew 28. It says this. It says, then Jesus came to them. These are the disciples. And he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. What do you see in that? What do we see? Jesus' big dream, his big dream for himself and for the disciples is that everybody should have the chance to be able to find their way back to God, to be able to find their way back to God. And Jesus' challenge to us is this. Jesus wants everybody to find their way back to God. And Jesus commissioned the disciples, you and me, with this mission for you and me to be able to help people, facilitate with people to help them find their way back to God. And this dream is a hero maker dream because it's good, but also it's a hero maker dream because it's bigger than any one person. How? Well, the he lays out, we're, we're going to tell everyone the whole world about how they can find their way back to God, okay? He says this to the disciples. And very quickly, the dream of helping the entire world find their way back to God is just too big for 12 people. It's just too big for you and me too. And so Jesus understood that it required disciples who would make disciples, who would make disciples, who would make disciples. And so being a hero maker, the way Jesus did it, or the way he invites us to do it, is to focus on a dream that is actually bigger than our capacity, that's actually bigger than we can handle on our own. And it's not just a dream for our own selves. It's not just a dream for our own wealth, uh, our own uh, status growing in our own careers. It is not, it goes beyond just our own desires. It's a big, big dream that is focused on others that requires uh, working with other people. And if you want to be a hero maker, if you want to be the kind of person that releases people to be heroes, you have to begin with having a dream that is bigger than yourself. If you want to be a hero maker, it has to be a dream that's bigger than just your own happiness and your own ideas. To give you an example, this might, your dream might be for your family. There might be someone in your family where you want to encourage them to become all that God wants for their life. It might be for some of the people in your neighborhood, the people in your city. It could be some of the people in your workplace. But, so here, but here, hear me and hear me well. This is my challenge to you. If you don't have a dream that's bigger than yourself, you need to get a bigger dream. If you don't have a dream that's bigger than yourself, your own personal comfort, your own, the being the hero of your own story, you need to get a bigger dream. It's what Jesus invites us to do. So let me ask you, what is your big dream? What is the dream that maybe God has put on your heart? And what is a way for you to consider a dream 
that's outside of the dream that you have for yourself? Is there something bigger? That's the first step to being a hero maker, is a dream that's bigger than yourself. The second thing we see is this, and we can find it in Mark chapter 1. Mark 1, Jesus, he's starting his public ministry. He's getting out there, and he's going to get some disciples. And he's walking down the beach, and this is what happens. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, he said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets to follow and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Okay, so... Jesus has this big dream, which is to see people find their way back to God, okay? And so the first thing he does is he goes out and he takes the initiative. He hits up Simon Andrew, and then he's like, yo, follow me. And then he goes a little further and he takes the initiative with James and John. And what we see here in Jesus is something that all hero makers do. Hero makers always take the initiative, they take the initiative. They don't wait for it to happen to them. They take the initiative. The dream that begins with bigger than yourself, it begins with being, being in a dream that's bigger than yourself, but it also includes taking the initiative. And just as Jesus says to the disciples, hey, come with me, learn from me, hang out with me, spend time with me, we learn that we too must take the initiative with others to offer that same invitation, the same challenge to other people. Here's the third thing. And then I want to tell a story. The third thing, the third thing we see is that Jesus regularly poured into regular people. I mean, maybe some special people, but Jesus primarily poured into regular people. And why is this important? Well, sometimes we think, well, Jesus picked like 12 guys and they went on to like write the Bible. And then like they were doing miracles and they like started something called the church. And Peter was awesome. Well, not at the time. Not at the time. When Jesus called these guys, these were working class dudes. These were like, they were catching fish. And in this culture, if you were in the family business at their age, it meant that you had been overlooked for bigger opportunities. So in some sense, they were rejected already. They were rejected. They're from the wrong part of town. They were from up north, which was like the hillbilly part. Does everyone know what hillbilly is? Okay. It's the disciples. They weren't anything special. But what they were is they were in close proximity to Jesus, and they were willing to learn, and they were willing to grow. And if you want to be a hero maker, that is what you are looking for. You're not looking for the best and the brightest. You're looking for people who are willing to learn and grow. And so the question to you is this, who are the people in your life that God has put in proximity that are close to you? And if they are willing to learn and grow, then perhaps this is your opportunity to help them to become more than they could if they were doing it on their own. But let me give you a warning in this. If you pour your life into somebody, if you give your time to regular people, sometimes it will not work out for you. Sometimes they will fall off. Sometimes they will not be, stay interested in what you are offering to them. Just look at the 12. There was often arguments about who was number one. I'm number one. No, I'm number one. No, I'm number one. Jesus is like, quiet. 
And then Peter, at some point, like, he uh, says, like, let's do this. And, G- and Jesus is like, he calls him Satan. Uh, like, he's like, shut up, Satan. And Peter's like, ah, I'm not Satan. Uh, and then Peter denies him three times. And then one of the guys abandoned him all together. And so maybe you're sort of like, you know what, I, I see what you're getting at, Chris. Yes, I should release people. I should pour into people. I should initiate people. But I've done some of this stuff before, and sometimes it doesn't always work out. To you, I would say, stick with the program. Stick with the program. Stick with the program. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus kept investing on in the 12. Kept investing in the 12. He stuck with those 12. He stuck with those 12. And as history unfolded, think about this. Jesus started with 12 people, right? That's where all this has started. Jesus started with the 12. He poured into them, and then they begin to get it. They begin to get it, and they start pouring into others. You start pouring into others. And now we are 2,000 years later, and those 12 people that Jesus initially invested in, there are now over 2 billion people worldwide who call on the name of Jesus, who claim to follow Jesus. It all started from Jesus and 12 people. And here's what I think today. I think that Jesus is coming to a group like ours. He's coming to this church And he's handing the baton to us. And he's saying it is your turn to be the hero maker, to invest in people in a way that they, in ways that they can't see in themselves. Just do it like it's always been done. And it doesn't require a special degree like I have. It requires people who are willing and able to invest in others, to see a vision in others that is beyond themselves. It's our turn. I want to tell you a story. For those of you uh, who are runners or training for a, a marathon, uh, you're clearly labeled Patrick and Ryan, I can see you right here. Um, and it's just coincidence that uh, I'm talking about this this morning. Um, maybe some of you have heard this name, Shalane Flanagan. How many of you have heard of Shalane Flanagan? And Shalane is probably one of the greatest distance, uh, female distance runners that we have right now. Now, she just recently retired, uh, but her career is unbelievable. Uh, in 2017, she won the New York City Marathon. And some of you might think that's not a big deal. Well, you would be wrong. Because what you don't know is that this was the first time a female American had won the New York City Marathon in over 40 years. And check this out. Check this out. She ran it in two hours and 26 minutes. That is blistering fast. I ran a half marathon once in two hours and 40 minutes. She ran a full marathon two hours and 26 minutes. One of my heroes runs her marathon in four hours and 50 minutes, close to double what Shalane Flanagan can do. You're great, though. Uh, Nobody raises like you. Do you understand? Do you understand how ridiculously fast two hours and 26 minutes is? Now, the New York Times, maybe you've heard of it. It's a small publication out of New York. They ran an article about her, and check this out. And while I'm talking, I want you to think hero maker, okay? Okay. 
Get this. So when Shalane Flanagan, I think we have the first slide, when Shalane Flanagan won the New York City Marathon, her victory was about more than just an athletic achievement. Of course it is remarkable. She's the first American who won in 40 years, and she did it in a blistering time of two hours and 26 minutes. But it goes on to say this. It goes on to say this. But, but perhaps Flanagan's bigger accomplishment lies in nurturing and promoting the rising talent around her. A rare quality in the cutthroat world of elite sports. Listen to this part. Every single one of her training partners, all 11 women in total who trained with her, that was on Team Nike, made it to the Olympics while training with her. An extraordinary feat. Okay, now listen to this. This is where it gets, this is like one of the best parts. Call it, they call it the Shalane effect. You serve as a rocket booster for the careers of women who work alongside of you while catapulting yourself forward. The Shalane effect. The Shalane effect. Imagine, just imagine for a second. Imagine if they had a Lupita effect. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Hey, the Lupita effect. Everyone knows that Lupita is great. Have you seen her flower arrangements? Have you seen what a great wife she is? This is your chance to put your arm around her. Okay, <laughs> if that'd be kind of cool, if you had the Lupita effect, everyone knows that she's great. She does heroic things. But even more importantly, people might say, you know, if you can get close to Lupita, you're actually going to be better. You're actually going to grow. You're going to actually become something bigger than yourself if you can just get around Lupita, the Lupita effect, or maybe the Bo effect, the mayor effect. Hey, if you could just get around Bo, you're going to be better. So that's what happens here. So you call it the Shalane effect. You serve as a rocket booster for the careers of the women who work alongside you while call it catapulting yourself forward. Now, here's the next line. This is, gets re even better. Shalane has pioneered a brand new, a brand of teen, teen mom, not teen mom on MTV, teen mom, to these young and up-and-comers with the confidence not to tear others down or to protect her place in the hierarchy. You see... Shalane is a hero maker, and it doesn't even end there. There's more. She wins the New York City Marathon, right? Something that hadn't been done in like 40 years. And the next big event is coming up in 2018. It's the Boston Marathon. And no female American has won the Boston Marathon in 33 years. So what does she do? She's at the top of her career. She decides to run the Boston Marathon. And what do you think happens? What do you think happens? You know what she does? She actually turns to someone named Des Linden during the race. Now, this is Des Linden here. And Des Linden is a younger female American, distance runner. She's got all kinds of talent, but for whatever number of reasons, she hasn't been able to break through to the next level, okay? And so uh, in the race, Des Linden... Uh, is racing, and Shalane Flanagan is with her, and Shalane turns to Des, and she goes, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. And if you go back and you watch this race, it's incredible, because Shalane paces with Des Linden all the way to the finish line, all the way to the finish line. And Des Linden, with incredible courage, she ends up being the first female runner 
to win the Boston Marathon in 33 years from the United States. But it doesn't even end there. The American uh, Olympic trials are coming up and that were set place to take place in early 2020. We had some things, we had some setbacks that year. And in 2016, the Olympic trials uh, for women, there were uh, 198 women who qualified during the Olympic trials. That's a big number. But by between the 2016 Olympics and the 2020 Olympics that were set to take place in 2020, um, guess how many women qualified? Guess how many? 511 women, up from 198 to 511. It skyrocketed to a 511. And there's a writer of another article that explains that it has everything to do with Shalane Flanagan and her efforts. And she said, uh, in the article, she goes, when, Fl when Flanagan won New York and then she told Lyndon, now it's your turn, it was the rest of us who were following these two that had already broken out. And now we're bringing everyone else along with us. Do you hear it? Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying here? Jesus turns to us and he says, capture that. If we want to change the world, that's how it's done. We bring others along with us. And I think God is calling us in every single, uh, every single one of us in different places, in our work, in our home, in our schools, in, um, in our neighborhood, where we do business, he's calling us to be hero makers. I'm talking about how we help the people around us to become all that God wants them to be as followers and disciples of his. So I'm going to give you a powerful practice. It's about hero making. And everyone, I need everyone to point to your head. This is not a metaphor. I need, I need all fingers on heads before I can proceed. No, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Anyway, point to your head. That's good. Okay, you can put it down. <laughs> Some people in the back are like, is this going to wrap up soon? So <laughs> you need to think like a hero maker. You need to think like a hero maker. Now, it sounds simple, but it's actually hard to do. And here's what I mean. From this point on, when you walk out those doors, no longer do I think... How in this situation can I become the hero? How can I get the credit? But what you're thinking about is others and you're starting to think about their potential, what they could be, what they could become, who they could, who, how they could have an impact on the world. You start thinking about the potential of others and you start asking the question in your head, how do I make them the hero of the story? And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to carve out some time this week and say, God, who are the people in my life? Who are the people that you've made clear uh, that I can be a hero maker for them? Who are those people? Uh, we're going to continue on and we're going to show you how to do this because we believe that your story is better and bigger and grander when it's about when you are investing in others in a powerful way. So we're going to continue on this next week. Next week we're going to, take, we're going to be talking about how to see uh, as a hero maker, what we see in others. Why don't we all stand?